you know, earlier on in the in, in your career, you ask somebody for technical advice or a question about a character or anything like that. Just because someone gives you the information doesn't mean you now have to change what you're doing to to follow it. You go with your gut. Taylor Stevens, the New York Times bestselling and award-winning author of the kick-ass Vanessa Michael Monroe thrillers, and this is the Taylor Stevens Show with my good friend Steve Campbell, where we are kicking writing in the butt, one word at a time. Wow. Are you in, like, a big hurry today? Do we need to record this episode really quickly? <laughs> <laughs> if You know, there are people that listen to podcasts at, like, you know, one and a half times speed and two times speed. If they listen to you at even one and a half times speed on that intro, it's going to be... <laughs> It's because we're still early in the day, and I, you know, the 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 brain bleeding hasn't fully kicked in from a full day's screen exhaustion. <laughs> <laughs> well, the topic of today's show is advice, and who should we take advice from as authors? And I, you know, I have this little trick that I use from time to time where I'll reach out to Taylor on Skype and pretend I have a question about the podcast. And then I'll eventually work my way around to a writing question. And she's <laughs> never, so she's never really caught on. <laughs> so that's, that's one way that I get advice, but we're going to talk about the different people who uh, give us advice, sometimes well-meaning advice, sometimes uh, the kind of advice you should just completely ignore. That will be the topic of today's show, but in the uh, chit-chat section of today's show, we're going to talk about chit-chat because, um, you know, we – at the, the last show of the year, we, we put out the question, do you guys want us – and we talked about this last week – do you want us to continue on with the chit-chat? And there were a number of comments, and we wanted to highlight uh, a couple of those things. So I'm going to turn it over to Taylor and let Taylor highlight a, a couple of the comments that we received. Well, I, I, to me, it's not so much highlighting as just saying thank you, because, um, you know, we've talked before about how much we love the cookies and somehow that turned into a very <laughs> Actual literal, cookies, yes. <laughs> literal uh, wave of cookies, which we loved. But, um, you know, the, the inner child needs the cookies sometimes, which is the praise. And we got a, a few really kind things said about the show in response to that call. Um, and I just wanted to read a couple of them because it it just made us feel good. It made both of us feel really good. And so the first one, and I'm not going to name names here or anything. I'm sure this listener will recognize it because this is a weekly listener who loves our show. And um, they said how me and Steve are always good at keeping it short. And we s- smoothly transition the uh, chit-chat into the show. We demonstrate its relevance. Get kudos to Steve for that. That's him, not me. And how he th- he or she, I, I don't know, um, feels that it's one of the things that makes our show real, conversational, conversational and likable. And that they um, listen to several podcasts, but this one and Steve's author biz are two of the favorite, the first two they listen to each week. Yay! And the- they're not just saying that to get brownie points, but oh, so many brownie points. <laughs> totally. <And> so, <laughs> it was it was really awesome to get that feedback and that praise, and I just wanted to say thank you for that. Yes, uh, thank you so much. And you know, 
one of the reasons we do the show, and we're gonna we're gonna get into this in more depth next week, but you know, one of the reasons we do the show is 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 for you guys and to to share information with you guys and and to share the writing life, specifically Taylor's writing life with you guys, because it's at least to me, it, it's pretty fascinating. The idea of the life of creative people, it's different than business people or salespeople or things like that, as a lot of you know. And to do that, to talk about that, it does require, you know, some nonspecific Chit chat. And on other podcasts that I listen to, specifically business podcasts, the hosts get a ton of flack if they don't just get right to the topic and then deliver useful information. But part of what we're delivering with this show that I think is useful is just the, the you know, the writer's life type things. I agree. And apparently our listeners agree. So <laughs> as long as everybody's happy, we're just going to keep on doing it. So, yes. And uh, another change that we're making this year, we started doing this at, at the end of last year. You know, we it, almost as a joke from the very beginning, we've had this call to action thing because you're supposed to have a call to action in every podcast. And since we're not really selling anything, we can't have a call to action where you go and buy us something. And, you know, our call to action uh, to, to send us cookies works so well that we're afraid to try that again. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I am. My waistline is. But <laughs> I am. Uh, I am down a pound at, from my post-holiday high, but it's it's coming off uh, way too slowly. But uh, what we're going to do now, as a call to action, is to ask questions, like we did at the end of the last episode and at the end of the last episode of last year. At the end of the last episode, last week's episode. Um, we ask for interesting thoughts about research, anything that you may have done um, that uh, that you found interesting or particularly interesting in your own research. And a listener, uh, David Kessler, who posted in the Facebook group. We have a, a fan club Facebook group. If you're not in it, you should come. It's fun. Um, it's not a daily thing, but anybody's welcome to post things in there. And um, you can find it by searching for Taylor Stevens Fan Club author, not the web star, should turn right up if you search for groups in Facebook. Yes. And so anyway, David posted something that he had seen someone else posting regarding research. And his comment was, research begets research. And the thing he posted was from another author who uh, who, who wrote, who wrote uh, Google searches performed today while researching a story I'm writing. Number one, how to hide IP addresses while chatting online. Number two, <laughs> What would you put in a syringe to subdue someone immediately? Number three, lightest, most powerful gun for a woman to carry. And then she concludes with, I've, if I wasn't already on a watch list, I'm sure I am now. And then Taylor chimed in with, with her own comment talking about what she had been searching on that very day. This is where I add it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, is ordering drugs from overseas legal? And... Insert very complicated drug name side effects. I really I wanted thinking, you to pronounce that. Oh my God. I, I'm afraid to even try. I mispronounce plain words easily, <laughs> often enough. And so I was like, I just can't wait to see what kind of advertisements show up in my news feed tomorrow. It's almost like pranking big data. <laughs> okay, everybody 
has read at one time or another, and everyone has ideas on how things should be written. Um, readers have ideas. Friends have ideas. Parents have ideas. Our significant others have ideas. Uh, we listen to podcasts and get ideas and advice. Uh, if you're traditionally published, you may have an editor um, uh, an editor to publisher. You may have an editor that's just your editor if you're if you're indie published. You may have an agent, um, experts, bloggers. There's YouTube. Um, you can buy books on how to write. Critique groups, etc., etc., etc. The opportunities to get advice are endless, and they uh, can come at us constantly. So, who should we be listening to, other than the Taylor Stevens Show? <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to tack on to that, that it's not just how to write, but it's what you should write and how you should promote your work and how oh, yeah. many books you should write. I mean, it's just, it's endless. What should of, be on your website, what you should yes. use on Facebook. Yes, how yeah, you should you're right. Social media. It just goes on and on and on. And, uh, okay, who, what, who should you go to for advice? Well, uh, me personally, I would say start off by just stop. Stop, stop, make it go away. <laughs> because the only person who really, this is not the direct, a direct quote, but I didn't like come up with this thought originally, but the only people who really should have a say-so who are those that have a stake in what you're doing. Um, one of the most frustrating things is when people who have no stake in what you're doing are like, what you really should do is... That's bad. It's just stop, stop, stop. It, it's so easy to, to chase, to constantly be chasing. Well, these guys are doing this and it's making them X, Y, Z money. So I'm going to drop what I'm doing and I'm going to go do that instead. Stop, stop. You want advice from people who know your situation and who know what they're talking about. From people who've climbed that mountain and come back alive from people who don't think they have all the answers, but feel that their answer might help you and leave it at that. And from people who have your best interest at heart, you don't want to take advice from somebody who is putting you down to make themselves look better. And sometimes, especially when you're new at something, it can be really difficult to know the difference because you are second-guessing yourself. You don't want to take advice from someone who is so sure that they have all the answers because chances are they haven't actually examined all the possibilities. It's also, it, this is not so much a who we take advice from, but when we are susceptible to bad advice, um, if things are going well for us, um, we're less inclined, I think, to look outward for direction or ideas or techniques or other people's success stories. But when we're struggling and you see someone that's not struggling, it's really easy to, to have your head turned. I 100% agree with that. Absolutely. I think also it's really important to know yourself. And me, I'm risk averse. So I would 
I'm naturally inclined to stay with doing the same thing versus letting go and trying something completely different. And I know that about myself. So when I'm hearing advice, I have to take that in mind and analyze my reactions to it accordingly. It's also helpful if you know the other person's where they're coming from, because if they are not risk averse and they are someone who's just like, well, try everything and see what works. And you're not that way. Following that advice could be disastrous for you because it may work for them because they have the intestinal fortitude. But if you don't, you're not going to be able to do anything but half acid and it's going to work miserably for you. So knowing the other person's bias, knowing your bias, knowing your predilection, knowing their predilection helps to filter through the advice to find something that's actually beneficial for you. I, I think it's also interesting the, the different ways in, in which we learn and consume advice. Advice isn't always something that's coming at you. Sometimes it's something that we're going out and, and searching for. And I, I think of podcasts. And I think of the number of times that I've recommended that you listen to a, to a particular podcast or a particular episode of a podcast, and I know, I just know that you're not going to do it because that's not the way you absorb information. It's not the way you prefer to absorb information. And I've gotten to the point where I'll say, if you could just go to this podcast and start at 17 minutes and 27 seconds and listen for five minutes, you'll find this interesting. And I know you won't do it, but if there was a transcript of that, you would be there and you would read it in a heartbeat. Yes, it's and true. So the people that are listening to this show are probably like me, predisposed to enjoy um, audio learning. Audio learning. Uh, other people prefer video learning, and uh, uh, obviously, a large percentage of people prefer to read. I. For me, audio is just – it's always been better. If I hear it and can take notes, it's, it's way better than, than reading uh, for me. For, uh, just the comprehension level is a little bit different. But for you, it's got to be different. So uh, – if, if I was – if I had a lot of time that to kill, like if I had a commute or I had lots of time where I wasn't in, interrupted, like to go walk or something mm-hmm. um, for an hour and I needed something to, to listen to – then I would probably be more inclined to listen to audio stuff. But, I mean, it's it's just simple psychology or whatever it is that they've done. I mean, different people learn different. Some people are audio learners. Some people are visual learners. Some people are kinetic learners. And um, it can be really difficult for somebody who absorbs information one way, like you're saying, to turn around and absorb it another. I know for me, too, that I... For all the time that I do waste, I will try and avoid listening to something or reading something or taking a course if I know that I'm in no position to do anything with the information that I get, because I probably won't ever go back and listen to it again or read it again or or study it again. And so to to do it at that point, if I feel that it has something very valuable in it for me and I'm not in a position to do anything about it, I feel that I'm squandering a one-time opportunity knowing my the way that my, I personally react to information. I'm squandering that opportunity because I'll never come back and do it again. 
It's interesting that you say that. Um, the idea of it, it just brings a, a, a term to mind, and, and that is the idea of just-in-time learning. Um, I, I, I think I used to be the kind of person who learned for the sake of learning, and now I am the kind of person who, when I need to learn something right now, I go and take the course. And or I'll go and watch that module of the course because I need to do it now. If I if I watched it two weeks ago, I wouldn't remember what it was. I wouldn't remember the lesson. But when I absorb the lesson and then do it, then it's then it's there. It, it's it's inside me and it it works as opposed right. to just taking the course and thinking, well, I'll know this when the time comes because inevitably uh, we forget. I think also. I mean, I'm thinking specifically about podcasts. When it comes to taking advice, a lot of advice-giving systems, and I'm not talking about family or friends, I'm talking about podcasts or coursework or whatever like that, they're set up in such a way that they're continually giving you new information. Um, you know, the author biz, for example, you're, 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 the whole show is based on interviewing new people, bringing in new people to your audience to learn a new aspect of the business. On the receiving end of that, you almost have to, it, it puts you, you, it, you can experience information overload where there's so much that if you try to implement the advice that's provided in every single show, you would do nothing other in life but try to implement advice. So the benefit that can be gleaned from situations like that is knowing specifically what it is that you need advice on and where you're weak in whatever aspect. If, if you're trying to get your book published in audiobooks, for example, and that's your focus, then every single podcast on that would be gold. And it would be a mistake to go chasing everything else because it's good advice when you have limited time and limited resources to be able to implement something. So I guess what I'm saying is when there's so much advice out there, part of the skill is finding out what you actually need, what advice is good for you and not being distracted by everything else, no matter how good it is. And what you just described, the idea of it, using the author biz as an example, and it, it really is a good example because every week it is something different. But we've had two shows on audiobooks. And so, yes, if you're interested in doing an audiobook, then that becomes just-in-time learning for doing an audiobook. The fact that the show might be a year old is irrelevant because things don't change that quickly in audiobook production. So the information that's there is still relevant and useful and can help you today to create an audiobook as opposed to having listened to it um, a year and a half ago and saying, yeah, I heard that podcast, so I think I know what to do. So, right. Yeah, and, and I think that's why um, – it's one of the reasons that I keep doing the, the author biz. It, it's not really for the – you know, I love the people that listen every week. Um, and we love the people that listen every week to this show. And, and we, we sort especially of, love the people we, who yes, listen to this yes, show. Yes, yes, we do. And, <laughs> uh, but it, it's one of the reasons we try and keep the show format um, relatively tight to one topic so that six months from now when you need to know how to deal with a certain issue – 
um, that you can go and find the episode that deals with that issue, and and it can help you just in time. And yes. and it it's not coursework for a college education on writing. It is a lot of useful, specific information that can help you when you're dealing with that specific thing. And that's, I think, what we're trying to, to produce on a weekly basis. And we try and do it on an entertaining, in an entertaining fashion for those people who like to spend time with us every week. And, and we are so thankful that you do. But there are some people that, that only listen when the topic is of, is of interest to them or they know that it's there, they see it in their feed, and they'll go back to it in three months when the time right. is right. Um, on the subject of who to take advice from and, and who not to, um, I don't know if there are any of our listeners out there who are struggling with this, but I know that it, it is something that happens. And it's when you are starting out and you're still getting your your feet under you and people start to hear that you're writing a book and everybody's like, well, what you should do is this. Oh, that's what the story you should write is this. What you should do. Oh no, you shouldn't do that. Um, whatever it is to learn, to filter it out because they're not you. They will not deal with the successes or failures of your work. They're not putting in the hours, and you don't need to make them happy. It, it might feel like it, that you, you're trying to be respectful and, you know, appreciative of the advice or whatever. I've gone to my readers and fans for advice, and this is after four, five, six books. I've gone because I needed specific advice over a, a topic or whatever, and nine times out of ten— the advice I get back is completely not helpful. Hmm. But there will be some nugget in what is being relayed back to me that sort of answers my question and gives me something to work with. The reason for this, that it happens, and I don't want it to sound like I'm dismissive of the time and or ungrateful of the effort that goes into replying to my questions. I'm very, very grateful for it. The reason that the advice is usually unhelpful is because it's not actually answering my question. It's answering the question that they think that I'm asking. And it's based on their impression of what actually goes into writing a book and what will be helpful to me to know as I'm writing this book. And so it's taken me, you know, as, as far as I am into this career, to be able to take the good and, and use what I can and just be grateful for everything else and, and know that it is impossible for someone who is not me, who is not writing these books, to actually give me the advice I need, but they might come close. So how much more so, you know, earlier on in, the, in, in your career, you ask somebody for technical advice or a question about a character or anything like that, just because someone gives you the information doesn't mean you now have to change what you're doing to, to follow it. You go with your gut. Unless you're completely narcissistic or have a unreasonable, completely unreasonable view of 
how good you are at what you do, go with your gut. Of course, if you're one of those two things, you won't think this applies to you anyway. That's a joke. <laughs> um, so go with your gut, because ultimately the only person who has to pay the price or reap the reward of those choices is you. No matter how well-meaning somebody else is, they can't know to the extent that you know they're not in your head, they're not in your character's head, only you. Just go with your gut. Uh, what's the best piece of advice or the most helpful piece of advice that you've received in your writing career? Um, well, it's not exactly on topic to what we've been talking about, but and I've, I've spoken of it before, but it was the advice from Michael Palmer, mm -hmm. who told me, and he tell, told all of his students this, and he would tell them to put note cards, tape them on the computer or whatever, where they could see it. And the first note card said, this is hard. <laughs> and the second, be fearless. On that note, that's, that's good advice. So <laughs> I think our listener question this week should be either what's the best advice you've ever received as a writer, whether it be from readers or family members or uh, fellow authors or editors or agents, what's the best advice or maybe even what's the worst advice you ever received? I'd love to, I'd love to hear that. I'm going to throw in a third option. Okay. This is just because I think it's hilarious. What's the most annoying advice <laughs> you've ever received? <laughs> I so want to hear it, please. You're evil. <laughs> it doesn't mean we're going to read it on the show, but I just, I want to know. Hey, something, uh, something that we should mention here. You know, Taylor is really averse to using people's names without their permission. So if you send us something and you don't mind us using your name, please say that in there so that I can get it past uh, the Taylor filter and uh, we can <laughs> mention you on the show. <laughs> All right. Yes. Good point, Steve. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And we will be back again next week. Be with you next week.